movie boys. What's going on with that movie boys? Silent Hill reference, isn't it? I, I, I'm assuming. I'm not a big Silent Hill fan. Yeah, I said movie boys instead of radio. What's going on with that radio? Oh, okay. Which, All right. even if you're a Silent Hill fan, might not mean anything. It's just me and one other person I know found that line funny. So that's for that person who I don't think listens to this show. Well, good. I'm glad we're we're uh, catering to an audience <laughs> of of a size appropriate for the show. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the spin-off doctors. I'm your movie boy, Jim Sterling. I'm here with your movie boy, Conrad Zimmerman. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm in agony. Yeah. 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 And not just because you just watched Silent Hill. No, no. Actually, that was the that turned out to be the highlight of the day. Oof. Um, Oof. Watched Silent Hill. Went for physical therapy. Um, my back said no thanks. And then I did a lot of crying. <laughs> I did a lot of crying. Sad boy. Um, then decided. Well, you know what? I can't do any work today. It's uh, six p.m. as we record this. The plan was to be done by like. 10 in the morning um but i couldn't do anything so i played the technomancer all day that wasn't good (laughs) so i'm physically hurt and emotionally drained so i'm in a perfect frame of mind to record us a bloody good podcast (laughs) we're doing silent hill yes we are yes we are we're doing silent hill um silent hill 2 is my favorite video game of all time so that's what I'm bringing to this. That's the mindset I'm in approaching this film. You know, we've right. done a lot of films so far that are based on games that, you know, I either have some familiarity with or don't care for. This one's an actual real personal thing. I mean, it's personal enough that I've got a fucking tattoo of the Halo of the Sun on my wrist. Right. Um, you know, that's how much I like Silent Hill as a thing. You know, I love the series. Silent Hill 2, my favourite game in the series and my favourite game of all time. Really uh, the crux of my love of survival horror and horror games in general. And and psychological horror. Um, You know, for my money, Silent Hill 2 is not not just my favourite game, but but one of the best stories and one of the best... uh, narratively driven games ever made um stylistically and and... i think that it um it probably has one of the best stories in video games from a you know like top-down perspective Mm. like it's fascinating i don't know if the conveyance of that story in the game was particularly effective for me okay yeah i and I have not played Silent Hill 2 all the way through. I have played the first couple of hours a couple of times. Yeah. And I, I watched a roommate play it through to completion. And, okay, it's it's a fine game. Like, it is a fine game. And and I, I was kind of marveling at it because I, I did pop it in and, and play it briefly um, sort of in preparation to be thinking about Silent Hill. Because, you know, like, I'm not... 
not really a fan of the series. It's mm-hmm. not that I think it's poor. It's just it never gripped me. The pacing of it has generally been so slow that I get bored before I have worked up enough existential dread about what might be around the corner. Yeah. Um, it, it, I find the preponderance of locked doors to be just be an incredible turnoff. Uh, for the game and you know a lot of that is technical limitations of the time and you know and there's there's perfectly good reasons for it to be that way but those reasons don't do anything to alleviate the annoyance of going room by room and jiggling handles Mm -hmm. for hours um i think the only game in the series that i finished is the uh, the one that was on 360 and ps3 not shattered memories uh i don't think there was um there were two on the three six i mean first of all fuck you for what you said about silent hill um there were there were two there was uh silent hill homecoming and silent hill downpour homecoming's the one that yeah that one I, i did not like at all yeah i i didn't think it was a particularly great game either uh, it, it certainly didn't feel like a Silent Hill game mm-hmm. in a lot of respects, but at the same time, by virtue of not being, you know, in that same sort of vein as Silent I finished it. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's it's not that I think Silent Hill games are poor. They're just not, uh, they're not for me. Um, Resident Evil has just enough action seeming to go all the time mm-hmm. that you can still feel under threat. And and engaged in it uh, at a at a at a more direct level than I feel Silent Hill uh, manages to pull off most of the time. Right. Um, not bad, just just not my thing. And um, yeah, that, but the thing I was I was sort of marveling at as I was, got sidetracked in Silent Hill Two uh, is the camera work in that game mm-hmm. is is amazing. Like it's it's so good because they are fixed cameras. But the cameras move. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very good, at, especially that whole intro sequence um, when you're going down the, the pathway. Right. The way the camera moves, it helps really build that paranoia of mm-hmm. feeling like you're being watched. Like, sometimes it doesn't feel like you are... It's you watching James Sunderland in that game. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's something else's eyes. Something lurking in the dark. Yeah, and, and so... That in that respect, it's more effective than the fixed cameras that you see in uh, Resident Evil or my personal favorite, Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And and to where those you you always feel like you're just sort of looking at your character moving, um, and not I don't know. There's just there's something about the way, and it's it, you have to imagine how much work it must have taken to make that feel right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one thing to just, you know, pick the best corner to put the camera from a perspective of limiting the player's uh, field of vision, uh, their ability to anticipate what might be coming around a corner. It's another entirely to sort of direct emotion with that camera and, and to utilize it so that every... so that it doesn't lose impact. That's the the, the thing about horror games in the modern age and and 
the fact that we have sort of free control of our cameras, whether we are in third person or uh, first person perspective, uh, that that sense of control that we have really, I think, detracts from a lot of the dread. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's it forces them to come up with ways of startling the player that isn't just dog jumps through window, which sounds good. But I've yet to see them do a really great job of it. Mm-hmm. If it, it still feels a lot like jump scares. So, right. yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, I admire Silent Hill, but I don't want to play it. Um, That's fair enough. I mean, obviously, I, I take a different tack with it. Um, I, uh, I've always just found its atmosphere absolutely arresting. Uh, and I think what what really helps is it feels like a, like a place with real history. Silent Hill feels like a lived-in town with with its own life and its own place in in its universe. Um, something like Raccoon City and Resident Evil is fairly nondescript. Uh, it's a city. well, and, and it's by that's by design. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's supposed not... to feel like the sort of all-American rustic city. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm a big fan of um, very detailed locations that have a lot of history put into them, um, and they they do that very well with Silent Hill. Like it, it's not just the the main stuff with the cults and everything, but little details. They talk about various accidents that have happened there over the years. Um, there's some notes in Silent Hill 2 that talk about things like Walter Sullivan, the the guy that killed two kids, and just these various newspaper stories and things that just have a lot more detail to them and a lot more meaning to them than a lot of other video games have. Um, yeah, I'd love to read a Silent Hill wiki. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I've it's like professional wrestling for me, right? Yeah, I have no interest in watching wrestling. But I will go through the Wikipedia pages for wrestlers and read all of their character and story arcs. Mm-hmm. That fascinates me, and 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 there is a I, so yeah, I I absolutely understand the uh, allure of a well constructed, detailed setting uh, being created. World building's a, a big thing for me, but um, yeah. The rest of the game just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Fair. I mean, you know, it, 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 it was a product of its time, and uh, if you can't get with it, like, it's not going to work. Like, it, you really, it's one of those things you really got to buy into. Yeah, you For do. it to work. And um, I, I, like, PT, Silent Hills, I actually was more interested in that than anything I'd ever been interested in in regards to Silent Hill. I, I, I think that attempting to create that in a modern context that feels fresh could be really, really exciting, but, you know, it's Konami. Yeah. So that's, that's never going to happen. Yeah, they decided to uh, just just take away anything good in the world because it's Konami. Konami is Konami, and they will do these things. And then that's one of the funny things about this film. Um, because back when it was first being made, it was taken as a very good sign that Konami was overseeing it. Konami was acting as, as you know, 
more or less a studio executive with this first film. Um, Konami gave a shit and worked very closely with Christopher Gans and, and the, the, the movie studio to make a very authentic Silent Hill movie. And back then, that was a relieving thing. It was, well, shit, Konami is on board with this film. That means it's probably going to be good. Well, but that's, you know, after years and years and years of licenses um, being just sort of tossed out, you know, as, a, oh, well, this this might make us a little bit of money. Um, you know, having the studio that actually owns the property have an investment in the quality of the film based on that property was kind of a revelation. It was. I mean, it, it was a revelation at the time. And what makes it so tragic is it's Konami, you know, where once they cared that much that they would oversee a film um, to the point where they're now, you know, making pachinko machines based off these games and Silent Hill Revelations came out, which, well... Konami clearly stopped giving a fuck by that time. Uh, we will talk about Silent Hill Revelations on another episode, of course, in the in the future at some point, and that's uh, distinctly different in terms of quality uh, from this one. Um, a movie that I uh, still have a lot of respect for, um, and and that was a, a a big thing for me because Silent Hill does mean so much to me as a series. Um, that it is something that has just arrested my imagination. And, you know, I've poured through story interpretations, wikis, as you say, um, character interpretations, essays on this series. Not just Silent Hill 2, but other ones as well in the series. Um, you know, the, the adoration I have for this series uh, cannot be understated. Uh, so for me to have watched the film and not hated it was a big deal and, and something that, that surprised and, and amused me back then um i went to i, I, I saw it in in cinemas at movie theaters um, when i lived in bromley there was a movie theater directly across the street from me so it was like cross the road and you're there and i went there with my brother and um uh, my friend louis and we watched it and had a pretty good time um it was good enough to the, to the point where I even forgave Pyramid Head's appearance in it, uh, because I am one of those people who get all arsy and are all, um, you know, Pyramid Head is a manifestation of James Sunderland's guilt. If James Sunderland isn't there, then Pyramid Head shouldn't be there. Um, but I was able to just switch that part of me off and just enjoy uh, the film for what it was. And, yeah, that that's, that's where I'm at with it. Um... I should point out that, that due to exhaustion and everything, I am a bit rambly today. I realise yes. how droney I'm sounding at points, so I I, I apologise to the listener and, and to Conrad for yeah. making them put up with my bullshit. Um, it's I'm at that state where there's this is a series I've got so much to say about and I can't get the fucking words out. Um, I will say that I... I'm one of the few people who enjoyed Silent Hill Downpour, uh, which was, I think it was the last Silent Hill game to have ever come out. Um, it wasn't... In terms of Silent Hill games, there were things in it that were very glaringly uh, disappointing. But I did think overall, it was a, it was a great horror game. Um, 
but um, one person didn't like my review. I reviewed it for Destructoids and gave it a, an 8 out of uh, 10. 8 out of 10. One of the, the highest scores it ever got, actually. Um, and this was a comment I got about it that I thought I'd read out uh, on the, the podcast. Uh, this was from a guy called AstroAss34, hmm. who said, Your review of Silent Hill Downpour proves you have no clue what a good video game is. Then again, you work for Destructoid, so... Dot, dot, dot. I got that message 13 days ago. <laughs> I reviewed Silent Hill Downpour in 2012. But AstroAss34... Was so incensed that I liked Silent Hill Downpour that uh, he decided, and you know, normally I would say they and not presume, but let's face it, it's going to be some whiny fucking guy. He decided to send me a, a private message via Distractoids PM uh, uh, function, which apparently still works and, and goes to my email. Um, and yeah, still thinks I work for Distractoids as well. <laughs> So I don't know if that person is like actually trapped in time, possibly in a Silent Hill style I, I, genius I loci. That's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was very freaky to receive that message <laughs> last week. Uh, but there you go. Uh, I like Silent Hill Downpour. It was very, very, very fucking flawed, uh, but it was. It had its charms, to use a very overused. Uh, critical phrase. That's pretty much how I feel about this movie. Yeah? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, there's a lot to appreciate and like about it, even. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's just some shit that it's like, why did you do this to me? (laughs) Right? It's, there's so much, so much in the film works so well that the the plot <laughs> doesn't <laughs> is a real problem for me. Yeah, I think. I mean, well, we'll talk about it after. Um, yeah. Let's let's go into that aforementioned plot as I just readjust my microphone. Um, yeah, let's let's go right into it. It's time to talk about Silent Hill. Okay, so our film opens with a blonde woman screaming the name Sharon. Oh, God, already? It's time. All day I've been waiting for that. All day. Because I've got one that's so pertinent to the beginning. It's time for Jim Sterling's Fact of the Day. Uh... As you know, I've been watching these films on Amazon's uh, web player, and they litter the film with all kinds of facts. A lot of continuity errors and goofs that spoil the film. Those I don't actually list uh, unless they're really good, but there's there's loads in every film. But anyway, um, so I, I, I like to chime in now and then with facts, if you're new to the show. And I've got a fact right off the bat for you, which I think is going to surprise Conrad. Um, given his general attitude towards the film. The theatrical version, the the version that we've all seen, you'll notice there's no director's cut of Silent Hill. And that's because the theatrical version is the exact version Christopher Gans wanted. The exact version. 
The movie studio executives loved it, didn't ask for anything to be cut. So this is this is Christopher Gans's vision of the film in its totality. Absolutely. They, for all intents and purposes, the theatrical cut is the director's cut. Gans loved it. The studio loved it. Didn't want we're, anything trimmed from it at all, Conrad. We're going to address this a little later. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to continue. So our film opens <laughs> with... <laughs> In Portugal, the movie is called The Curse of the Hill. Carry on, Conrad. <laughs> I, I won't do that again. I'm, just, I'm waiting for it. No. I, I... So the film opens with a blonde woman screaming the name Sharon while a half-naked man looks on from a balcony. Now, this could have been a threesome situation. Yes, it certainly could have. Like, there's a lot of ways to interpret that this has gone wrong. And, and then she finds a teddy bear on the ground. Still could have been. Doesn't help. Nope. And the woman charges off through a yard, into a short stretch of woods, and under a highway bridge to an inexplicably large waterfall canyon, where she finds a small girl we're to infer is Sharon, muttering about home while the canyon transforms briefly into an abyss of rusty and or molten steel, where we see another small girl who looks a bit like Sharon if Sharon were a grudge. Yeah. Um... Okay, one thing, uh, just one nitpicky, and there's a few nitpicky things that I have about, like, visual design and so forth in this that just kind of drive... Why is there a fucking sidewalk on this bridge underpass that leads to a canyony abyss? So that you can chase your kids more effectively. Is that why? Okay, yeah. I just wanted, just wanted <laughs> to make sure, because I couldn't think of any other justification to waste that concrete. None. Uh, but before... Sharon can plunge into the sweet release of death. Blonde mom tackles her, and uh, she then rides on the ground and screams Silent Hill just in time for who I'm guessing is dad to show up and tell us that blonde mom's name is Rose and establish that this kind of thing happens a lot. Um, sometime later, Sharon and Rose are laughing at happy childish drawings under a tree and talking about a fun trip that they're taking to the place with the same name as what Sharon screams when she sleepwalks. And uh, Dad's not going on the trip, seemingly because Rose didn't tell him that they were going. Because he figures it out because Rose doesn't know how to clear her fucking browser history. Yeah, she did just kind of leave that all open, didn't she? She sure did, Almost yeah. like she wanted to be found. It's... Why? I don't know. I don't think she did. I, you know, she she calls and leaves a voicemail and tells him, "Hey, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it." Uh, stopping for for gas, Rose observes that Sharon's drawings have taken on a decidedly more sinister tone, and start and questions her about them. To which the child responds that she is also very upset that her drawings look like this now. Yeah, and their discussion draws the attention of a motorcycle cop, who checks on Sharon while Rose goes in to the station, where she could also get a tattoo or a body piercing. Yeah, because... I, was, I noticed that. I never noticed that before, but this morning when I watched the film, I noticed that this weird gas station cafeteria was advertising tattoo and piercing services. I can think of no better place to get a tattoo or a piercing than a truck stop, right? Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, sausage patty in one hand, fucking skull with a dagger through it being 
needled onto the other. Pop out to the bathroom for a Hummer and you're ready to go hit the road again. I hey, mean, it's, it's, it's a one-stop right shop. <laughs> uh, so she goes in to pay for gas and ask for directions to Silent Hill. And Rose strikes out on both counts because she wasn't looking for a tattoo or a piercing. Uh, there's no longer a road into Silent Hill and her husband has canceled her credit cards. Yeah. Very, very, uh, asshole-ish thing to do, actually. I mean, I get that you're concerned, but that, that's what, like, a, a husband who thinks his wife's cheating on him does. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, he just comes home, finds that they're not there, and immediately, like, opens up the laptop to figure out where she went. That's creepy, actually. Yeah, actual, like, legitimate creep. Starts rifling through her private things and cancelling cards. What what a cuck. Yeah, he's a real dick. He's an actual cuck, but I tell you what, though. (laughs) Uh, Everybody has Canadian accents in this film. That's true. Because the film was mainly shot in Canada, even though it's supposed to be West Virginia. That's uh, one of Amazon's goofs. He's a uh, well, and the, the family's from Ohio. Yeah. So and you got uh, yeah. Sean Bean, who's Ned Stark, putting on an American accent. Weird. Mm-hmm. Just weird. So uh, she calls her husband, who we learn is named Chris. Yeah. And she makes it pretty clear that there's nothing to stop her from going to the place her adoptive daughter screams out the name of while gripped by night terrors, and heads back out on the road. Now, the motorcycle cop gives her a little side eye as she leaves and then pulls her over later on the road. Once Rose sees that she's at the turnoff for Silent Hill, she decides that not even the cops are going to stop her. Yeah. And decides to gun it. It's not rational behavior. No, it's really... I mean, clearly this has been a... Like, I'm willing to take the ride here. Clearly this whole thing has been very, very traumatic for their family. And and it it has driven her to her breaking point. So I'm I'm still I'm still in the game on this. I'm still on it. Yeah. That's fine. It's okay that she's nuts <laughs> and stupid. But she leads this cop on a high-speed pursuit, breaking through the fence at the off-ramp. And as they get closer to town, the radio starts going crazy with static, which uh that's the Silent Hill reference right there. Boom, you know you're going to Silent Hill cuz oh, yeah. the static's yeah. happening. I mean, I'll I'll give the film definite credit here. Like not only do they do the whole staticky thing, like they take music directly from the fucking film. Yes. In fact, um, that was one of the first things I noticed. I'm, I'm and I again, not a big Silent Hill fan. Mm-hmm. But as they're doing some of these driving sequences and I'm listening to the score, I'm like, this this has got to be straight from the game. Which yeah. I le- then later went and read and sure enough, uh, like the only song in this that isn't uh, originally from Silent Hill, uh, either, you know, in its original form or rearranged by the composer of this for this film, uh, is uh, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, hey, if you're only going to have one licensed piece of music in your movie... You could certainly do a whole hell of a lot worse than that. Yeah, and unlike uh, Need for Speed, it, it wasn't a weird a cover. Ter- oh, God, thanks for reminding me of that nightmare. You're welcome. <coughs> oh, by the way. Oh, do you have another fact? I do, yeah. Blah, 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 etc. <laughs> um, the West Virginia symbol on Sybil's arm patches, they are backwards. Uh, I thought that looked a little weird. They fucked it up because they're Canadian. 
Hmm. Is is it just on Sybil's patch that it's backwards? Does, uh, nobody else sees a patch, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like on a like badge, you know, cop uniform. You know, there could be narrative justification for that. Oh, she's a backwards cop. Uh huh. She's a reverse cop. <laughs> Which I, I guess is just a criminal. Mm. She was trying to steal that kid. So the radio goes crazy with the static. It distracts Rose enough that she almost doesn't see the creepy girl crossing the street in time to slam on the brakes. And she skids out and crashes. Mm-hmm. And when she comes to, she's alone in the car. And ash from the coal files sti- fires... Coal files? Coal files. Yeah, all those files on coal. The coal fires still burning underneath Silent Hill are blanketing the road in white. And she wanders into town, which is pretty much the ghost town. It was advertised on the websites that she said she read, but probably didn't. Yeah, probably just looked at a couple of pictures. And a girl catches Rose's attention. And since she's fixated on Sharon, she just chases after her into this underground passage until air raid sirens blast and things get really dark yeah like now one black dark one impressive thing about this sequence is it is practically a shot for shot remake of the intro of the first silent hill the original silent hill um you know we were talking about the the fixed camera in silent hill and how it follows and everything Mm -hmm. the way this is shot is exactly that. There's this moment in the very first Silent Hill, it's it's one of the most terrifying fucking sequences I've ever played. Um, when you're playing as uh, Harry Mason, uh, who, you know, the... The, the protag? The protag. Um, basically, the character... Uh, oh. Sorry, my brain's completely gone. That's all right. That's all right, but we, yeah, it's, this is this is a a pretty much spot, and I've seen that sequence, and yeah, it is. It's it's pretty impressive. The other thing that's really impressive about it, you know, just sort of stylistically and for the purposes of the of the plot that they're they're putting down, is that it doesn't tip its hand here at all. Like there's there's uh, suspense about what's transpiring. That will that that gets sort of slowly unfurled in a in a, a deft manner, I would say. Um, I, you know, we're gonna get into it, but I mean, this is this is this is the moment where she first crosses into uh, proper Silent Hill. Yeah, the, I guess the, is, the is other the way world, to put it. As, right, as they tend to refer to it. And and but you'd never know. Like, the amount of attention you would have to have been paying to the environment that she's standing in, in the brief time that you have before the lights go out, and when the light comes back on, it is different. Mm-hmm. But you'd probably never notice unless you were expecting it to be different. Well, one of the, the most remarkable things about the film is uh, that kind of subtle attention to detail. Um, for instance, you may not have realized that... Um, for instance, over 100 copies of Rose, that's a fucking name, it's written here in my notes. Um, I was going to say that Harry Mason is uh, in the, the game, is, is yeah, yeah, Rose is playing his role in the film. Um, 
because stylistically the 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 film the film is Silent Hill two, but narratively it's it's the first Silent Hill game. Uh, but anyway, um, Rose's whole wardrobe, her her outfit throughout the film, a hundred copies of that outfit were made. There are a hundred wow. copies of her costume, and they go from summery bright colours to grey to blood red at the end. And these hundred fucking outfits, she changes into them throughout the course of the film. And the changes are so subtle, it's almost impossible to notice her eventual drainage of colour and then coloration to red. And I thought that was actually a very impressive... uh, thing like that god damn it don't make me watch this movie again to see that <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean for again for a game that was a fucking licensed product uh clearly people like that like the, the people working on it gave a real shit and wanted to do silent hillish mind screwy things and so we have this these hundred fucking costumes that go from colorful to gray to red so yeah it's a fun thing if if anyone does decide to rewatch it. It's a fun thing to watch is the the way she changes color throughout the film. That's fucking fascinating. I'm now it's god damn it. I'm, I'm, I actually am annoyed because I probably am gonna <laughs> gonna sort of scan through it again to see that happen. Also, while we're here, Christopher Gans wanted Cameron Diaz to play Officer Sybil Bennett. That's see, got nothing to do with anything. That's just another. Fa- I don't want to do the trumpet again. Right, so. right. Now, now, who who was it again? That that uh, that they wanted to cast Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Okay, I can see that, but I got a much more much more of a Charlize Theron vibe from her. Yeah, actually, that would have been. Yeah, she would have been way more ideal for the character. Yeah, but this is Diaz. of course at the time when Charlize Theron was like at the top of her fucking game too like monsters ball oh yeah yeah was that her i think that was her probably yeah i can't remember but she was she was doing really really well professionally at that point there was no way she was gonna do silent hill no um i do think that the whoever they got to do sybil in the end i forget the the performer's name but she did a pretty good job yeah did all right yeah I, I was thinking, actually, no, I'm sorry. I was confusing Sybil and Rose. I thought Theron for Rose. Oh, okay. I don't think Diaz would have worked for Sybil at all. No, no, She no. doesn't have the edge. No, but it's a weird, weird choice. But yeah. again, I guess, like, that was one instance where Gens was really thinking about money over authenticity. Yeah. Okay. In a film that otherwise was all about the authenticity. And, and the thing... Everybody who's in this, just while we're sort of meandering a bit, everyone who's in this turns in a good performance. Mm-hmm. There is nobody in this film that I have heard of. That's I don't think. Sean Bean. Okay, Sean Bean, yeah. But I, I, I honestly, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I have no idea. I, you told me, you told really? me Sean Bean's in this. Fucking Sharp. You couldn't pick Sharp out of a lineup. Who? Oh, way with ya. Who the fuck is Sharp? Oh, way with ya. I, okay, okay. I'm just, I, I don't know. I mean... Sharp sauna? Nope. Ah, or way with ya. It's okay. Alright, so be... <laughs> yeah, no idea. No idea who... I, I'm sure he is recognizable to people. 
but he's actually way like um, uh, facetiousness aside i couldn't even get that word out properly um he'd be more recognizable to brits i mean aside from that he is british um the sharp series of of period dramas where i don't Uh know i don't know if they got any play in the in the u.s if they did it, it, i'm sure it would have been on pbs something you'd have had to hump for probably yeah, yeah 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 um of course a lot of people will recognize him more for being ned stark in game of thrones uh, uh yeah again to be yeah you you uh, no, not, no clue. not a follower uh, and he is uh most famous for dying in almost every film he's ever been in oh so he's like the british steve buscemi yeah yeah okay all right all right that works yeah i mean i'd i'd, I'd probably bang sean bean so the differences are apparent but well i i'd probably bang steve buscemi but i do it doggy style so now there you go you yeah, see no. that's you, you plan ahead <laughs> so uh she goes down the stairs the lights go out she turns the lights back on with a lighter she got a little torch lighter in her hand oh fuck that's as far as we've gotten that's as far as we've gotten. <laughs> i know right so she wanders around a rusted building for a bit, calling out her daughter's name, finding what is presumed to be a corpse in a body bag before the girl appears again and leads her to a disemboweled but seemingly still alive guy crucified on a chain link fence. I liked that shot they have of his eyes like staring on blinking through the gas mask uh, lenses. Yes. It's a nice little shot. Yes. Well, and, and I liked, I, well, and I liked it because it sort of said this thing's alive yeah. too. Yeah. Like it could have just hung there, you know, and and even a little bit of motion could that could be wind, that could be all sorts of things. But that close up of the eyes just tells you, hey, this this fucker's suffering. It's not just a corpse. Yeah, uh, which really heightens heightens the effect. Um, the this provides just the distraction necessary for. Uh, eternally burning coal children to sneak up on her. Mm-hmm. The Grey Children, I think they're called officially. Okay. I think uh, they're officially called that. A chase ensues, and mm-hmm. just as the kids seem about to get her as she sort of falls into a building, uh, Rose screams, and they recoil and begin disintegrating into the air as Rose passes out. Uh, this, this is interesting, because it's sort of almost wants to give the viewer the impression that she has some sort of power or at least that's what i took from it at that first moment it's like because she screams louder at that point and more directly than and they seem to recoil from her and obviously having seen the movie that feels you know i don't know i don't know how to feel about it actually yeah um but that, I don't know, it, it was just sort of an interesting slight bit of possible misdirection hmm. that I kind of found interesting on viewing. Um, so she wakes up in a bowling alley, um, and she exits through presumably the door she came into this room through, though it's not really clear because the sort of, the geography of the room doesn't quite match up to how you feel like how far she came into it because it's silent hill like yeah everything's freaky (laughs) but uh she finds the experience the exterior environment uh is is completely changed as the interior it's all back to white ash 
And as she's marveling at how a road basically ceases in an endless chasm, Rose is approached by a disheveled older woman who claims that access to Silent Hill is controlled by a, quote, dark one. Uh, Rose tries to ask so this woman. It's always a dark one, isn't yeah, it? Why is that? Why can't it be a, a cheerful one? Yeah. You know? You, everybody's always afraid of, of, of dark forces. But, you know, it's hope that kills you every fucking time. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Peter Molyneux will destroy your soul, not the devil. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. So Rose tries to ask this woman, who we learn through their dialogue has lost a child of her own, uh, to help look for Sharon and shows her a, a picture that she keeps in a locket around her neck. And in turn, the woman assaults Rose for it, claiming it's hers, <laughs> causing her to run back into town. Uh, husband Chris, cutting back to him, shows up at the gas station the next morning where uh, she opted not to get a tattoo and finds out how one gets to Silent Hill re-establishing that the town has been closed for years due to the burning coal under it. And I would like to point out, this fire happened 30 years ago. If the film is taking place in present day for the time it's released, technically 32. This is important to me. Mm -hmm. It is important to me that it has been 32 years. Okay. Really important to me. <laughs> Fixated on this. Uh, Rose returns to her car and finds another of Sharon's drawings. This is of a, a school, and decides that, well, this is obviously where Sharon has gone. Uh, she also tries to get Chris on the cell phone, but he doesn't answer, and she leaves a voicemail while re repeatedly failing to start her car. Yeah, I, I should point out, like, I think we're supposed to believe that, you know, he doesn't answer because you can't communicate from where she is in Silent Hill. I think it's because he was getting a tattoo. You're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. He was probably getting a tattoo. Probably a, a skull getting with a knife going through it. Some sick ink. Yeah. Uh, so she, uh, it's at this point that the motorcycle cop who was chasing her before catches up, pulls her out of the car, and arrests Rose in spite of her insistence that her sleepwalking girl is justification for a high-speed chase. Now, it's as the it's not. It's not. I should just point out to any listeners, right? I don't care how upset you are that your child is sleepwalking, right? Don't speed away from a cop who... It, it, it's never going to end well. Yeah, yeah, especially if they're just there to, like, ask questions. Yeah, you're really just sort of uh, raising the stakes a lot higher than they needed to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, like, I should also point out, like, Rose is white. She had no reason to be worried. That's that's an excellent point. That's, that's an excellent uh, point. That's your little. That's your political commentary. That's for... your your satire for this episode. <laughs> Tune in next time for more. <laughs> so, uh, as the cops' radio isn't functioning, uh, she decides to take Rose back to the police station in the neighboring city of uh, Brahms. Which is real. That's a real city. It's it's re in the games. Brahms mm -hmm. is the neighboring city to Silent is, Hill. Well, so... and, and Toluca Lake's been, uh, is about to get a mention, too. Holy shit. I know, right? Um, on the off-ramp to Silent Hill, Chris gets Rose's voicemail, but it's all broken up. 
and like he manages to get school out of it basically you know that she's gone to silent hill and there's a school involved um and while he's there he meets with some police at the broken fence and is introduced to inspector gucci who says they found the vehicle but no people are in it and that the police are also missing a deputy so there we go we've established all of the players yeah uh, the pieces are in alignment let the game begin now, Gucci decides to take Chris with him into Silent Hill as they look for the two missing women. Yeah. Uh, the ladies, with Rose still cuffed, find that the road to Brahms unexpectedly stops at a chasm now, too, leaving them with little choice but to head back into town to find a working radio at the uh, radio tower near Toluca Lake. So there's your Toluca Lake met Oh, God, just jerk me off right now. That's right. Now, the deputy calls out to what she sees in the distance and presumes is a person uh but the radio and cell phone start creating static so we know it's monster time yeah specifically a patient demon from silent hill 2 which as a manifestation of james sunderland's feelings toward his ailing wife shouldn't be in silent hill at that time the armless thing shuffles out and spits a burning fluid on the deputy out of its chest cavity. Which is how it attacks in the game. Uh, and she returns fire and, and kills it. Yeah. Uh, and has to remove her helmet and jacket. So now we can find out that she's attractive, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Get that but, uniform off to please us. They, well, they, I mean, they, and, and actually, like, with one exception... This is a very tasteful movie where nudity is concerned. It is. I mean, even, I mean, the... And even the instance where nudity appears, it makes absolute sense for it to appear. It's and, there and for it's a not... disturbing purpose. It's right. not there it's for not sexualized. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, big points to Silent Hill yeah. for that. Right? The breasts are not exposed for our pleasure. It's refreshing. Yes. How, like, this is the 1% of horror films that yeah. don't resort to tits. Although, ironically, they sexed up Pyramid Head. <laughs> the only one who, who gets any sexing up is Pyramid Head. And I'll talk about him a little later, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Rose capitalizes on this opportunity with the, uh, the monster to get away from the deputy Run and escape into town. Deputy. Was that? I was just agreeing with Rose to, to run away. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, the time. At this point, yeah, now. Yeah, now run from the car. Sh yeah, now that you've, like, you're in deep shit and there are fucking monsters. Like, she has a gun. She can take care of herself. You can't yeah. count on her to take care of you. But she uh, runs into town and starts using bus maps to locate the school. Now, is this a mechanic thing? In the Silent Hill games at some point that you would, like, like map locations were fixed? Um, if it's a reference, it, I think it would be just a reference to the idea that maps in Silent Hill are very important. Well, um, yeah, because, I mean, there's there's a very clear example of this later in, in the film. Yeah. Um, um, there's nothing about using, uh, certainly not from my memory, um, nothing about, like, using bus stop maps to work out a location normally it's like the location is on your map at all times your main thing is like finding the one road that's not a, a gaping chasm to get there 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it may be their subtle way of of suggesting, of just uh, representing a player working their way around Silent Hill to find the next important location. You know, that should be a mechanic in, in a game. I like that a lot. I like the idea of, of fixed map locations and having to sort of, you know, not being able to take it with you. Yeah. I, I don't mind if a map is shitty if it's not a, t- a dependable tool. And that's that's like my... my I'm such a, a, a stickler about maps in games because well, they Well, it helps to have a map. Well, and they're almost universally poor. Yeah. Just from a design perspective. They're, they yeah. do not convey information... Uh, as effectively as they could, and, and they are functionally crippled. Mm-hmm. If, you had, if you had a paper map and could find a piece of dirt, you could draw on the fucking map. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that gave Silent Hill, um, that, that people praise Silent Hill as a series for, is its map system. Um, because it does, you know, have the, the protagonist drawing on them as they go along. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you do come to a chasm in the road, a big red scribble will be on that bit of road, so you know that's a dead end now. I, I appreci- certainly appreciated it every time. It put a little red X over a door that I tried, mm-hmm. to, un- tried to open because it was locked. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's... So, yeah, yeah, definitely one of the best still to this day. Like, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, why hasn't this been ripped off more? Because to this day, it's still one of the best maps in a game series. Yeah, I, I could I could see why those those are features that are, oh God, God bless them. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, let's see, where were we? Oh right, um, so she finds the school, and once inside, uh, Rose observes a strange symbol on the door along with some rather religious overtones elsewhere. Like, there's some separation church and state shit going on here if this is a public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be some problems for them. And Chris and Inspector Gucci are driving through this, this town of Silent Hill, and we learn that Gucci's actually from here, uh, his father having owned a barber shop in town, and that the majority of the population was killed in the fire, which I'd like to point out, has been burning for a little over 30 years. Yeah. Just just pointing that out. I really want to drive. It's been a little over 30 years. Okay, I've got to... Right, I've got to ask. What is your issue with that? How old is Sharon? How old is Gucci? How the fuck is 30 years past? Ah, okay. Yeah, I was trying to see what the angle was they're like why that was a sticking point and holy shit how old are they yeah (laughs) yeah kind of fucked up yeah that's a long time Uh, yeah uh, yes (laughs) yes it is uh you know like i kept i I kept trying to think it it makes sense for everyone in silent hill to not right but gucci's been living in brahms yeah uh-huh. Yep, huh. you got it. Yeah. 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 Kind of weird. He looks good for his age. He certainly does. Like, yeah. he, he looks like he hasn't aged more than, I would say, three, four years from the later time <laughs> we see him in his youth. Looks damn good. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, still running around the school, 
Rose hides from a group of people in leather coverings and gas masks and makes her way into a classroom where she finds fresh handprints on a desk with the word witch carved in it a few times and opens it up to learn it belonged to one Alessa Gillespie. Rose then sees this girl that she's been chasing again and then follows her upstairs to a bathroom. Yeah. Oh, she has a little mini flashback at this point as well of kids throwing things at this Alessa calling her a witch. Yeah. I'm sk- I skipped it just because it's... Uh... Am I reminding you of the plot? No, it's just... The, the horrible plot. Well, but it's all going to be in the exposition. I know it will be, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, no exposition at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> so that that's another thing I should have pointed out, that we didn't get exposition at the start. No, no, we didn't. But don't worry, folks. <laughs> they were saving it up. Like like Silent Hill is itself, there is no escape from exposition in these movies. <laughs> <clears throat> now, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, so she chases this girl, Spectre thing, whatever, into a bathroom. And uh, checking the stalls, where she presumes that this girl is hiding, she finds another horrifically mangled corpse with a name tag reading Colin. Suspended by barbed wire with arrows pointing to its mouth, sort of? And Rose finds half of a broken hotel key room fob, or room, hotel room key fob for the and hotel. <laughs> uh, as she leaves the bathroom, she finds the leather boys poking around right outside. Yeah. And fumbles with keys that I don't really remember her picking up, but I'm guessing were Collins. I guess they were there. Yeah, I, I, I figure that she gets yeah, from Yeah, it's from the only, only explanation I can come up with that works. So I'll fill in that gap for yeah. them. I mean, uh, I'm normally too busy, like, like being confused at how she got the right key from those thousand keys. Uh, yeah, there's like 20 keys on the ring. And, and the third time's the charm. Yeah. Uh, she gets the third one in there. Wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't, Never. I'll say that right now. Wouldn't have happened. Never would have She'd happened. She'd have fumbled... With those keys for five minutes, those guys would have broken in and fucking battered her. Are you kidding? She'd have been, yeah, she'd have been standing, they'd have been, like, they've opened the door and they'd have just stared at her while she's, like, fiddling with keys. I could see that going on for, like, four minutes. Yeah. Just them staring at her as she tries to find the right key. (laughs) Holding the door open, she's like, hang on, let me try this one. (laughs) Scoots around. Uh... But she does manage to lock it. And as we all know, locked doors in Silent Hill can't ever be opened. That Once they're locked, they're locked. <laughs> and uh, so they try to batter down the door to no avail. Yeah, this really, like, like creaking old door that they are hammering. And it's, at this point, may as well be made of raw iron. <laughs> and then their canary freaks out, which I love the touch of the canary. Yeah. The canary is so great because it mm-hmm. ties it right back into the coal mining history of the town. Uh, yeah. Which actually is, um, like, way more original to the film. Um, yeah. I, I found I it very interesting that they... Because they, they came up with the whole idea of, like, when you move to the other world, like, everything peeling away. Mm-hmm. And eventually the games would copy that from the film. Um, but it was interesting that they, they gave it this whole original mining flavor with these guys in the gas masks and stuff that they they look like miners and stuff um 
it's just an interesting aesthetic addition that they made that I I did not think the film suffered for. No, not at all. I, I thought it was a really nice touch. Um, so the leather bo- the the leather boys run off at the canary um, because the air raid sirens start ringing again. Yeah, and Sharon's got a proper light this time. Uh, I'm guessing that was in the car. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, it, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where she's getting all of this kit. Like, they make a really big point about one item that she gets later that she uses for far less time. <laughs> but, okay. It's uh, Silent Hill. Yeah, why That's not? the answer. Any continuity issues, any... any 30 years! <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see the bathroom transform around her, melting away to reveal the, the rust world underneath. And uh, the, the corpse of Colin is, is looking a whole lot more active now. Mm-hmm. Crawling out of the stall and and working its way towards her really slowly because like like you would I mean his he's asked to to forehead yeah yeah basically. he looks how I've been feeling lately <laughs> and so every that will be me that I I tell you what a month from now I'll be the one crawling around on my fucking hands going. <laughs> And his, his very presence seems to be infecting the vi- the environment further. Like, just, she touches walls and just growth yeah. grows um, on the wall from it. Like, pustules coming up out the... Almost like, like, I did like this idea that, like, floor tiling and walls were, like, blistering like skin. Mm-hmm. It was a nice effect. The film does really well with its special effects, it I think. It visually is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, I... I think it, the CG in it holds up to the same kind of uh, computer-generated effects we see in horror films today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's aged surprisingly well. And it's been ten years, and mm-hmm. and I mean, I know that that things haven't advanced necessarily at the rate as they would have, say, from 1996 to 2006. Yeah, but it's still impressive that it looks just as good now. Um, as as anything else coming out, uh, really impressive. So um, Sharon runs away, like you do, and Scott, Colin screams and summons a, a swarm of insects to start coming up out of the ground. Yeah, and, interestingly, not to, to to sidetrack too much, but interestingly, when you mentioned um, earlier how her scream almost misled you into thinking that she had some power, um. I gotta wonder now whether they were deliberately trying to invoke that because I also remember when the le- uh, leather boys are trying to break down the door, she's praying for help, mm-hmm. and then the siren comes. And yeah, that and that's you see, it, I, I'm glad that we're on the same track here now on this because uh, it occurred to me as a short as I was saying it about the whole screaming bit that of course she has help. Of course she has help. She, she, it's not so much that she has supernatural ability, it's that she's valuable. Yeah. As, as we will come to establish as, as we keep going. Um, Rose comes across the Leather Boys again. Uh, this time they're totally overwhelmed by the creepy crawlies that are just emerging everywhere, and they're not much of a threat. So she's and sort they... Of- Look how I feel right now, with it being mosquito season in the fucking south. I'm chewed up to pieces. 
So that's another problem I'm going through right now. Thank you very much. My wife just came back from rural Canada, and she is in much the same state. It's I'm horrible. I mean, yeah. agony. Like my skin practically blisters with that shit. Hates. It's a terrible yeah. reaction to irritation. So, well, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <coughs> so, uh, still on the retreat, Rose tries to climb through a, a broken bit of mesh covering a window. When she observes Grudgy Sharon, which is what I'm going to call her now, uh, scribbling away on a drawing. Before Rose can do anything about this, she falls out the window and lands near where Pyramid Head appears and is dragging off one of the Leather Boys to some no doubt horrible fate. So yeah. this, is, this is the first time we see Pyramid Head, and he is ripped. Yes. Uh, he's, he looks pretty good, though. I mean, apart from being kind of more buff than than yeah, I sort at, of associate with him. At the time, I was I I let my kind of fanboy instincts kind of engage, and I was delighted to see him on the big screen. Yeah. Looking back, I hate the design. Do you? I hate the design, um, and I hate that subsequent. First of all, I I hate that subsequent Silent Hill games have tried to find ways to put him in. Uh, I, I think that's shameful. I think it's disgusting. Um, but one thing I loved about the proper original Silent Hill 2 Pyramid Head is that it wasn't particularly monstrous. I yeah. mean, it had the big metal head and the huge knife, but it was a dude. Like, bodily, it was And not this... a particularly impressive dude. No. That. Kind no. of a scrawny figure i mean it, it it would it could have easily have been you know james james underland <gasps> under all that which obviously is some of the implication but that's the idea you know it's it's meant to be like a guy yeah and i always loved the 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 black gloves that it's got and the the almost like the like the butcher's smock and i just i have I realized that for the film, they probably wanted something more, like, bigger, more domineering, impressive well, to and, serve and as this, this big scary. But I don't know. I just, well, I, but, and I, I don't like that. it. Would he have been, like, I think, if he, I think he needs to be more threatening um, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, you don't get the amount of buildup and context that you do in Silent Hill 2, where he's concerned. Uh, you also don't have the weight of the relationship to, to James to go off of. No, like, you don't. That's in, true. In a lot of ways, Pyramid Head is threatening because, not not because of his scale, but because of his relationship to James. And this doesn't have that. So a uh, scrawny guy with a big sword, I yeah. think would seem I mean, I, incongruous to the I, audience. It, it's not that I don't understand the reasoning. Yeah, I understand yeah. it. Like, the first time we see Pyramid Head in Silent Hill 2... There's no gravitas. Mm -hmm. You turn around a corner and he's just there behind a, uh, some bars in a corridor in an apartment complex with a red light on him. And he's just looking. No well, noise, no nothing, just looking. And being more subtle in design makes that scarier. And I realized for this, they weren't... Well, the character serves a totally, uh, sort of serves a really different role. 
He does. No, you know, no, I mean, he's an enforcer right. in this. Um, yeah. Whereas in uh, in Silent Hill 2, he's something that's always lurking at the edges and, and threatening because you know that he has more power than you do most of the time. But not yeah. because he, he himself is threatening. It's, it's a matter of... Um, it's relative, I guess, you could say. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I get why they went yeah. the way they went. I I just hate the look. I hate the 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 overly muscly, pallid, shirtless thing. I yeah. I feel like they still could have gone with the... I mean, I just think the butcher smock look overall is a, a creepier look. Mm-hmm. Uh, As opposed and, to, like, the sort of half-toga diaper thing he's got going yeah, on. Yeah, like, he's got a fucking skirt and big muscles. And you could still have made him big you know, big and, and domineering with, you know, the smock and the gloves. And I just feel like it's just such a stronger look um, that the you could have scaled good, up. The pyramid, yeah, the helmet looks fantastic. The knife looks good. Yes. And the the actor is, is good. The guy portraying him um, has the movements down great. Yeah. The performance, I, I will not knock, the way he drags the knife and you really has that same struggle. But again, that kind of is almost undermined by the musculature because part of what made the first pyramid head so creepy was the fact that he was hunking this giant fucking knife around and wasn't physically built for it Mm -hmm. and struggled with it here. It looks almost a little sillier that, that someone that muscular is struggling. Um, even though someone that muscular would struggle with something that big, just, just mentally it doesn't match up. Yeah. Um, in my mind. Um, but again, I'm I'm being too I'm right. Being but this is, but this is something that you you have a deep abiding passion for. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know, Whereas uh, I, you know, I, it's, I think taken in the context of just the film, it's pretty great. Uh, when when I allow myself to switch it off, I'm fine with it. Like I yeah. said, when I first saw it, I was giddy. I was like, oh my god, it's Pyramid Head. <laughs> so. Um, Chris and Gucci, they're also exploring the campus, though it's it's much brighter where they are. And despite being in the same hallway at the same time, Chris can only detect Rose's scent. Um, so I... And this is something that I guess now is as good a time as any to talk about, the, the sort of multidimensional layering of Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, because I see three distinct dimensions at work here. Like, I -hmm. see this sort of top-level real world that Silent Hill exists in, and then there is below that a sort of the Ash world, and below that further this Dark world. Yeah, that's pretty much the common consensus with the games as well, that you've got the real Silent Hill that people say you never see in the games but I'm convinced that there are moments inside... Like, I'm convinced that Silent Hill 2 doesn't have the other world and that what a lot of people call the other world is real Silent Hill with all of its decay and dilapidation of having been abandoned um, and that you only ever see the other, the proper other world in 3 and the first one. Um, but that's my own personal read on it. But there, the games do have that idea that there's the regular Silent Hill where with no monsters or creepers, the fog world, as, as it's called in the games, and the other world. Okay, yeah. And I, I... Uh, but it's always implied yeah. in the games, and the film is, is explicit with it. 
Well, more explicit, I guess. Because, I mean, really, the, the only ways to tell the difference between them are, you know, light. Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 the color palette and the lighting used. Um, yeah. the, the real world is relatively bright and, and the way we, we would expect it to look. Um, whereas then you have the, the, everything muted white or foggy, uh, ashy, whatever, you know, the context, there's a, there's a point later where it's more fog than anything, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, just, I, I, I think they, they sort of handle that pretty well in this, like it didn't, it, it's confusing enough to be confusing, but clear enough that you can sort of put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah, they on tell it. They tell it well visually, and unlike a lot of of especially game themed films, they're they're not ex- just like yelling it and, right. and having someone more or less look at the camera and say, "See, here's what's going on in this scene." Plenty of time for that later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, they make up for all of this later. Yeah, everything that we're praising them for. <laughs> um. Now, Rose gets surrounded by the bugs, and uh, she's looking pretty doomed, but she gets pulled away by the deputy at the last moment into a small room where they work together to lock the door with a pipe. Uh, now, Pyramid Head... Oh, and, and, and they get the cuffs undone at this point. Mm-hmm. So, so Rose no longer handcuffed. She spent 20 minutes of this movie handcuffed now. I don't know, maybe like 15. It felt like a goddamn eternity. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Pyramid Head shows up and shoves his big-ass sword through the door uh, a few times and lets the bugs in. Mm-hmm. And but... that was a pretty cool scene. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very nice scene, him randomly shoving it in and swinging it just to try and get to them and eventually making a... Well, it's all a metaphor enough. for, for, uh, James Sunderland's, uh... <laughs> James Sunderland's <laughs> propensity to shove big knives through doors. Very yeah. subtle that one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I was going with. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, and uh, but but before he stops, before he can finish the job, and the world transforms back into the mildly less horrible one. And after they've calmed down a bit, Rose convinces the deputy, who we now I, I don't know at some point we learn her name is Sybil, and I've given up waiting for them to do it. Uh, <laughs> she convinces Sybil to go with her to the hotel where the key fob came from. Gucci and Chris leave the city, and Gucci tells Chris not to return. Uh, Cops have this all under control. They know what they're doing. Uh, Chris, on his way out, tries to call the local archives office to get the police records from Silent Hill, but they say they're confidential and won't give them to him. Now, I thought these were public records. Like, this is not the government, goddammit. Who's Silent doing Hill. this? There's Silent some Hill, secrets going on here. <laughs> Ooh. Arriving at the Grand Hotel, Rose and Sybil encounter a young woman named Anna, arguing with the uh, woman, uh, Dahlia, the older woman that uh, assaulted Rose for her pendant earlier. Uh, thus they learn that there are others living in the city, a part of some cult identified by the symbol that Rose saw earlier at the school and now sees again here at the hotel. Um... Sybil finds another drawing of a witch being burned in the box for room 111, and Rose determines that this is where she goes next and steals what looks like a carving knife from from the pile of supplies that Anna had been collecting and arguing with Dahlia over. 
Um, I, I mentioned that just because I, I mentioned that they pay particular attention to this one instance where she gets equipment, but never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she, she uses it to cut something that I, oh yes. Yes. Um, she, uh, they, they go upstairs, Anna and, uh, and, and Rose and Sybil and they can't find room 111, but they find a painting showing the first burning of a witch by the town's founders which is something that Anna says they did from time to time, you know, to keep evil at bay. And uh, Anna uses the knife to cut the painting to reveal that room 111 is hidden behind it. Uh, She's then going to drop it uh, like a minute and a half from now. And I'm not going to bring it up again when it happens. No more knife. Forget, forget it. it. Gone. Yeah. You can't have them have something that could deal, uh, that could cause an injury to something. That's important that they don't. We've already established that that uh, Sybil only has one more clip of ammunition for her gun. So, you know, like, weapons are a no-no here. Um, now, Chris has broken into the archives office in Bram and starts going through police records. And this is another one of those instances where I just don't think time works the way it's supposed to in Bram. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot like the keys. You know, and her finding it on the third key. There are boxes and boxes of half-burned shit in these archives offices relating to Silent Hill. But he's going to find the file on Alessa Gillespie and know its significance that night. That's going to happen. He does find this file, uh, and it contains a photo which reveals her to look very much like his adopted daughter, Sharon. And so he decides to contact the local orphanage. Um, in room 111 of the hotel, uh, they find a whole bunch of other rooms connected to it. And Rose just charges off ahead and finds a pit with a rack, uh, that, uh, she crosses on rotting beams to reach a crying child, which go figure it's, it's grudgy Sharon. And, uh, and she self immolates. She just like lights herself on fire. I hate this scene. This it this is completely unnecessary scene. Not only is it unnecessary, I hate the way Grudgy Sharon says, "Look at me, I'm burning." With this weird smug kind of thing, like I, there's something about the delivery of it that just takes me out of the film for that moment. I have a similar because it stops being this unknowable, creepy, eldritch place, and now it's just cocky protagonist like antagonists rather. yes and i she and, is now suddenly cocky antagonist and there's a like when when we uh get through the exposition bit uh, like immediately after that there's a point where she does this again that i just just it was the wrong call it, yeah it just she it's not just that the actress couldn't deliver the line convincingly because i don't think that she can no I mean, they didn't even, they didn't get a particularly creepy child. No, no, not particularly. Uh, But this was before we had, you know, before creepy child was, like, the thing to do in movies, wasn't it? I think it, actually, I think it was around this time. Is it around the same time? I I can't remember when Ringu came out. I think this was kind of around that period where creepy child was the the on vogue thing. So they should have known better, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, they should have. But yeah, no, it's, it's... It was the wrong choice directorially 
to Absolutely. to do this. Uh, you know, like I can't I can't place the blame on the young actress who it's not her fault. I don't think that she couldn't do this, couldn't do what was required of her for this because it never should have been attempted in the first place. No, I agree. I mean, like that, that she shouldn't have been even, this early in the film. Certainly, should not have been no. talking. To say nothing of talking in that taunting fashion. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a hallucination. It's just a hallucination. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Sybil and Anna do catch up to Rose, and uh, Anna freaks out, and they're like, hey, and she's like, hey, we gotta leave. Uh, leading the ladies to the church, where the rest of the people living inside Silent Hill hide out whenever the air raid siren goes off. Now, Delilah pops up and tries to stop Rose from going in the church, calling its residents deceivers. And then things go dark, and the world changes again. And as Sybil and Rose go inside, Anna stops to threaten Delilah with a rock. (laughs) Only to have Pyramid Head manifest behind her like a fucking giant. (laughs) And... This bit's so good. And literally tear her flesh off in, like, one <laughs> smooth motion. That. He grabs her by the, I think, by the neck. Yeah. Lifts her up. First pulls her entire outfit off. Yes. Rips that off. So she's now naked, except for her knee socks. Then grabs her by the tits and twists. And then, whoop! Like, like, like... <laughs> Fucking pulling a pillowcase <coughs> off of a pillow. Just yes. whoop the whole skin off. And then the best bit flings it at the people running in the church for no reason other than to be a troll. Yeah. yeah. Just flings the skin so that just before the door shut, it hits and covers Rose in blood. Just to be a dick. Uh, Love it. Love it. And as Sybil and Rose are, you know, standing in the, the now closed doorway of this church, they are immediately called out as witches by the crowd inside. Of course they are. And Sybil uses her last bullet to scare them into submission. And their leader then pacifies the group and gets them praying instead. And it's important, it's worth noting that, like, it's, they make a, an effort to indicate that this is Sybil's last bullet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that, that the, 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 uh... The slide is back after she's fired it. Nothing's gone into the chamber. That's that's it for guns. Yeah. I think the other thing I like about this scene is when you look at all the, the, the people, all the background characters in here in this church, it also explains exactly what happened to Frankenfurter's party guests. <laughs> they are, but, but they're all wearing, like, veil stuff, you know, like, lacy veils. And and they're all dingy and and I don't know they I love the costuming of these cultists they they look so good uh, it's not you know a fashion I'm eager to try but they look they look pretty great um, I have to say um, now at the orphanage Chris tries to convince a nun to tell him about Alessa uh, who refuses and so Chris decides to assault her like you do. <clears throat> Because everyone, you know, in a, that's having a family problem makes well, we've already, great decisions. Yeah. We've uh, established that he is kind of an dick. irrational creep. Yeah. yeah. He's got no problem hitting a nun. And Inspector Gucci shows up and gives him shit for being a bad criminal. And then failing to cover his tracks at the archives break-in. Uh, and sort of takes him into a room and reveals that he knew Alessa. 
uh, but he he believes her to be dead, and offers Chris the choice of going to jail or going back to home to Ohio. And so we go back to the church, and Rose explains why she's there to the church leader, whose name is uh, Christabella. Uh, and she says that only the demon knows where Sharon is, that nobody has survived visiting his lair. Uh, but if, if you want to go talk to him, you know, hey, yeah, fine. Yeah, have we'll, a laugh. We'll, we'll take you down there. Uh, Christabel sets up a few leathery boys to, to take to go with them and uh, picks up Rose's pendant from the entrance to the church as they leave. It had been torn off uh, her neck. And uh, when they get to the hospital, Christabel directs, oops, Christabel directs Rose to a, a map on a wall and, and shows her which room the demon is in uh, in the basement, and is warned that the the light of the lamp is going to uh, attract the monsters there. Uh, this map is horrifying. Like just to look at it and and yeah. to realize that oh I'm supposed to memorize my path to this room. That that's a terror. Anybody who's played a video game, it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna look at that map and be like oh she's fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad hospital map. Uh, as Rose is boarding the elevator down, Christabella returns her pendant, uh, which opens in the process of handing it to and reveals the photo of Sharon inside, and recognizing that this girl looks a lot like Alessa, uh, Christabella calls Rose a witch and has the leathery boys attack her in Sybil. Uh, Rose is getting, is in the elevator and Sybil pulls the pipe that's holding the doors open to send her down and then gets a pretty brutal beat down. In the basement, Rose wanders around for a bit and then finds a whole herd of nurses. Somehow I had a feeling. Last one. It's our last fact of the day for this particular episode. The uh, the nurses. Now, this scene, in- incredible. I like Not just in terms of Silent Hill shit. For a horror film... I, I love this entire scene. It's claustrophobic, it's tense, it's creepy as shit. And as a Silent Hill fan, their portrayal of the nurses, which are some of the most famous enemies in the Silent Hill series, brilliant. Fantastic. And fun fact is the way they got the uh, the actresses playing the nurses to do their creepy, juddery movements is... That scene was done backwards. The nurses were walking backwards. Oh. And then, yep, the footage plays it for, like, reverses the footage so that they move forwards. And that's why they have that unnatural jerky movement to them as they as they move forwards. Because the actresses were moving backwards. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish this scene were a little shorter. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that were the case of a lot of scenes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things like uh, this is a two-hour movie, and I, you know, like we ramble on a fair bit, right? And it often can take us, I would say, three quarters of the time it takes to watch the movie to do these plot synopsis. Yeah, it's not going to take us that long here. Like we're actually almost done. Yes, in fact, as far as I'm concerned, we are done. Yes, Um, I know that there's some more of the film, but anyway. Uh, on on with this scene. Uh, uh, my, it's one of my but, favorite horror scenes in a film, I think. But she she stands there for so long. 
it is so a bit drawn long. out. I, I will agree with you. It, it 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 would have been just as good shorter. And it's not. And it's and it's not like she she does it for so long, keeping the light shine directly on them, in spite of the very explicit warning she received mere minutes earlier about how they're attracted to light. She just stands there gaping at them with the light on them. It's like, I mean... In fairness, we already had it established she's a dribbling, incompetent boob. Fair enough. Um, so they, she, she, signs, she does shine the light directly on them and continues to do so while they start moving toward him. And then just, oh, gets real, get, you know, the light bulb t- over her head turns on and the one in her hand turns off. <laughs> and they become mostly still, and Rose tries to sort of creep through the group, kind of mm-hmm. like you know, would move through a minefield, getting most of the way there before one uh, makes a, but a slashing the occasional attack. twitches and stuff. Like yeah. I, I love it. I and and love this, it. like this part of the scene mm-hmm. is perfect. This runs just as long as it needs to. It has the appropriate amount of tension. You feel that at any moment, one of these is just going to take the action. And when they do, it is totally satisfying. Um, especially as it misses and slashes the throat of another one. And, and basically, they're all killing each other here. In this, And it's just such a great idea yeah. for how to do the scene. Which hasn't been done in the games. Like, I... I would love to have seen that scene recreated interactively. I'd love to see a Silent Hill game tackle that scene of you creeping through these volatile fucking nurses. So reaching the intended room, uh, Grudgy Sharon's voice says that her reward is the truth behind Silent Hill. And then the film ends, credits roll. (laughs) That's certainly where I stopped watching. I'm afraid that for the rest of us, <laughs> the film kept going. This is yes, where we does. get the massive exposition dump that we would normally expect at the very beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Alessa was thought to be a witch by the community because her mother wouldn't reveal who her father was. Uh, she then gets raped by her school janitor, who is Colin from the stall, yeah. and uh, given over to Christabella for sacrifice at the Grand Hotel. Uh, and during the sacrifice, the brazier holding the coals that she's supposed to be burning over uh, gets knocked over, uh, sends some coals to ignite drapes. And that's how the fire that's still burning in Silent Hill 30 fucking years later, uh, t- that's how that got, got going. Um, that explanation, I, if the exposition had been as brief as my explanation of it, now yeah it's not it's not like it's a it's a re- like it's a dragged out lengthy and it does you know and and it's a, a child's voice explaining it which does not help does not improve the situation no no it's just i mean and it's that actress like you know i don't want to bag on a kid no but no. it's as not far as child fault. actors go I don't think she was that great. No, she's she was she was acceptable, but like, not good enough to do a she, long monologue. She doesn't have the range to be both Sharon and Grudgy Sharon. That's true. That's, That's true. Like as Sharon, she's great. You know, the very brief amount of time we get to see her, yeah, uh, she exhibits 
she, I mean, she she acts like a kid in that situation. She's yeah yeah she she is a she's good at portraying a kid in a film. Right. Not not creepy kid. Not the devil. She's not the devil. Yeah yeah not at all, not convincing at all. Yeah. But yeah, she speaks for a very long time. <laughs> very 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 long time. Um. So Alessa was uh, saved by Inspector Gucci, who burned his hands in the act. And we got to see his burned hands in the discussion he was having with Chris a few scenes back. Yeah, he um, was only a sprightly 50 years old when he <laughs> saved um, Alessa at the time. Uh, he, he looks he looks like he could be in his late 20s in, in the sort of background exposition flashback. Yeah. And he looks like he could be in his late 40s now. But it doesn't. He doesn't look like he's aged thirty years. No, I mean, not, not even. Not even close. Um, and uh, but uh, she's taken. Alessa was taken to the hospital where she survived, and her agony attracted Grudgy Sharon, who is the devil or something, and they bonded or something. And Alessa's the birth mother of Sharon, who was hidden by being left at the orphanage and then adopted out of state. Uh, now, Grudgy Sharon makes a deal with Rose to help her rescue Sharon in exchange for Rose getting Grudgy Sharon into the church to exact revenge on Christabella and the cultists. And then they hug. And Grudgy Sharon gets absorbed by Rose. Christabella and the Leather Boys find Sharon, who's hiding out with from Delilah. It's not really clear what the relationship is there. Yeah. Uh, Delilah seems convinced that this is her child, and then who knows what kind of fresh horror this has been exacting on Sharon for how long a period of time. Um, and then we're shown Gucci driving Chris to the edge of Brahms uh, to send him home. Uh, and, and Chris threatens to get more, you know, authorities in on it, and, uh, and uh, Gucci's like, yeah, whatever. The deputy that's up there, like, hung out in a mine shaft for three days with a, a child who was dropped down there. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, it's it's not fine. It's not fine at all. Nah. Um, in the church, Christabella gets things set up for the burning, and as the opening act, they fire up Sybil. Uh, and then as they're getting ready to... And, oh, hang on. I would like to point out, I did mean to mention that the, uh, the Sybil burning sequence... 90 fucking seconds! <laughs> takes them 90 fucking seconds to burn Sybil. From the moment at which the fire is put to the pyre... To the uh, last gasp of burning melty flesh that she experiences, this 30 second tops scene clocks out at a full 90. That's what we're working with here, people. Like, I feel like this film has been going on for 30 years. <laughs> uh, so now it's, it's, they're getting ready to lower Sharon down. And Rose shows up and tells the cultists that there's still a world existing out of Silent Hill. Now, this is the other bit that gets, that just really rankles me. Mm-hmm. Because this idea is brilliant. The idea that the cultists living in Silent Hill think that the apocalypse happened all over the world because of their failure. And it's not just their shitty town that's burning. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. It's so good and they did nothing to earn that (laughs) they did absolutely nothing to earn this brilliant idea and make it work in the context of the plot 
Right. You never get the impression from any of the other characters that they don't think there's an outside world. Yeah. And that's just... Yeah, it wasn't... It, it's a payoff for something that wasn't built to. Right. And it's such a shame, because it's a, it's a better payoff than quite a bit of the other stuff that's paid off in this film. Yeah. Um, <sighs> just breaks my heart. Um, so, she, uh, Rose confronts Christabella with this, and, you know, and the cultists with this information, and Christabella stabs Rose. And Rose's blood begins to transform the church into the hellscape that the rest of the town is, as it vomits forth from the wound in her shoulder before closing. Uh, turning the sort of altar center where they were going to be burning into a, another bottomless pit. Uh, and Alessa, in her sort of semi-hospital gurney thing, rises up from this pit, bringing all her barbed wire with her. Yeah. And now, interestingly, um, I, I guess I could have had this as a fact, but I'm, I'm not doing that shit again. Um, budget stopped them doing what they really wanted to do here. So, initially... What's supposed to happen is the doors of the church are men are fling open. And this is, I remember at the time being very disappointed and surprised I never got the big payoff that you would expect in a film like this. Mm -hmm. You expect in the big final slaughterhouse that the church has become for Pyramid Head to turn up. But he doesn't. And the idea was supposed to be the church doors burst open and two Pyramid Heads come in and start laying waste and a smackdown. But we don't get that. Um, but yeah, they were going to do two pyramid heads in a reference to the, the two that show up at the end of Silent Hill 2. Um, but instead we just get barbed wire, which is a, a bit of a letdown. I, I liked it. I liked yeah? the barbed wire. Yeah. Um, and the reason I like it is that it, they, well, they earned that payoff. I mean, the barbed wire shit is so, so much more uh, obvious in this. You know, it's it, it's so heavily leaned on throughout the course of this movie in a way that I'm not familiar enough, maybe with Silent Hill, to 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 think that razor wire played a huge role in it, and maybe I just missed that. That could be. It wasn't really a big thematic thing, no. Yeah. Whereas in the, in the film, it really it's 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 fucking everywhere. Yeah. And it's kind of Alessa's thing. Uh, so I liked that. I also, I think one of the things I ap appreciate about the film is that it's not the big monstrous thing that comes in and lays waste. As cool as it would have, like, as I, I can totally visualize the sequence as you describe it. And that would have been very cool to watch. But... I don't know if I would have preferred it. Okay. I, I think I, I kind of like this. It's sort of, it, it frees Alessa to be explicit in the saving of Rose from a aggressive cultist as she's trying to get to Sharon. Um, because it, it's very clear that the barbed wire stuff is being directly controlled by Alessa in a way that I don't think would be as easy to convey with pyramid heads. Yeah. I mean, I think they were g gonna still have the barbed wire. Okay. 
I think, but they were just going to also have the Pyramid Head show up as part of the general slaughter. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it feels pretty personal for, well, for Alessa to do it. And so that, that, that works well for me. Um, I don't know that I would have preferred Pyramid Heads. Um, as badass as that undoubtedly would have been. Um, I mean, you know, and how, how fucking personal is it? She uses the barbed wire to kill Krista Bella from womb outward. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. Um, Rose does free Sharon, and they hide in a corner while the rest of the killings happen. Uh, the last thing Sharon's seeing is grudgy Sharon looking at her. Uh, when the chaos ends, Rose and Sharon leave the church, now occupied only by Delilah, who was spared by Alessa. Uh, she questions why, and, you know, it's the whole mother is the name for God in the lips of hearts of all children thing. That's a quote from The Crow, but I'm using it here. Um... <laughs> Rose and Sharon return to their car, which does finally start, and they drive out of Silent Hill, the, the road reappearing practically underneath their car as they drive to leave. Uh, Sharon calls home, but gets the machine, and leaves a message telling Chris that she's coming. Uh, but it seems that she never left whatever weird dimension she crossed into when she went to Silent Hill, as the house is empty when she gets there, um... And all foggy and shit. And meanwhile, in the brightly colored house, Chris never sees her arrive, but seems to acknowledge the sensing of her presence and notices that the front door is open, but there's no car outside. And that's Silent Hill. Yeah. Ending on a very Are You Afraid of the Dark moment. Yeah. 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 I yeah. hate films that do that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't mind it. I don't mind it so much. Uh, I'm okay with them leaving a lot of it unanswered because they they couldn't give me a good answer to i it's... don't mind unanswered stuff it's the vague twist mm. i don't like a, i don't like a vague twist you like your twist I don't... to be yeah either... i i like twists i like vague don't make near, near the twain shall meet mm-hmm. i mean it don't matter to me the film ended for me like like 20 minutes earlier, yeah. 20 minutes before any of this happened. This, none of this happens. The <laughs> nurses cut each other up and then gather around the, the and lamp. Then, and then, and then, then the credits roll. Wink. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm satisfied. Um, that's that. That's Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. Yeah. yeah, all right. We'll be back in a second. So, Conrad, did you like Silent Hill or not? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Like it has far more redeeming qualities than it has negative ones. I mean, my my big issue with the film is that uh, getting the audio audio aside, you know, like without having access to the masters, you know, and being able to to do this up proper, I could cut this film and make a better movie in ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. But like this, 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 I could with very limited video editing capability there are just too many things that that drag on way longer than they're supposed to and i don't know if the intent is supposed to build up suspense or tension but it does not work nine nine times out of ten no no there there is a lot i mean i mean fuck you could have honestly cut sean bean and gucci entirely you honestly could have, and not really lost much. You would have fixed some incongruities, like 
how fucking old he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there's whole swathes of this film that could have been cut. One of the, and, and, and I mean, and some of it is just so fucking obvious that a cut should have been made. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, and, and this is, this relates to Gucci, uh, as he, as Chris is, is leaving, uh, Brahms to go home, um, Gucci sort of, you know, watches him leave and then says, let's go to the officer. And the, uh, the other officer that he's with, he's driving him around. And that guy gets into the car, and Gucci stops and stares off down the road for another, like, 15 seconds or something. You know, when you say, let's go, you fucking go. <laughs> right? Get out of here, Gucci! Yeah, you, you, if, if it's, let's go, you say, let's go, I would have cut it as soon as he turned his back and said, let's go, I'd have cut there and gone to the next scene. But instead, I guess they decided they wanted to show Gucci not getting into the fucking car and going. <laughs> and it's just... Yeah, there's a... Uh... So there's a lot of that. The film doesn't master the art of, like, knowing what's important and... and... Yeah, it lingers. There's yes. a lot of lingering. Yes, um, it is. It is a it is a hit cranberry song from 1995. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's. But visually, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean the authenticity is one of the. I mean it is. I don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to say it's the bat. It's the most. Yeah, I've been, closely. I, yeah, I've already dropped a good cut, like a, a couple of absolutes in this show already in this episode, um, with regards to some of this stuff. But it, it is certainly among the, if not the, um, most faithful uh, video game to movie adaptations. Um, you know, they get the original soundtrack, as we've already said, mm-hmm. apart from the the burning ring of fire. Um, the Which monsters is playing in the bowling alley, if you cared. Yes, if uh, for anyone who wants to know when that it, happened and doesn't yeah. want to watch the film, yeah. <laughs> if you need to visualize uh, Burning Ring of Fire playing in a bowling alley, we've done that for you. <laughs> um, the monsters are all legit. Pyramid head aside, um, very authentic, very true to their uh, video game counterparts, um, and some nice additions like the bugs. Mm-hmm. Having little faces. Oh, yeah. Which isn't in the, like, I mean, if they have them in the games, you never see them. They're too small. Yeah, yeah. Um, be, but, yeah, the, I mean, the faces, and they're horrifying. A little screaming face on the cockroach. It, it was wonderful. Um, and the original monster, Colin, um, very good. Like, yeah. I would not have been able to tell it wasn't, you know, designed by someone on Team Silent or something. Uh, it was just so in keeping. Like, you get this sense throughout the whole film up until the end of the nursing that whoever, like, everyone involved knew Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how true that is. I don't know how much Christopher Gans regards Silent Hill as a game uh, or the wardrobe or, you know, the people who made a hundred fucking costumes. Um, but, you know, that hundred costume idea was, it's such a Silent Hill idea. Of, of this subtle thing, you know, it, it makes me think of things like how how the different endings you can get in Silent Hill 2 are not determined by start choices, but, like, how many times you check a knife in your inventory. A knife that has no purpose, but if you check it 
just every now and then out of curiosity as to like what does this knife do that leads you to the fucking ending where James Sunderland kills himself like it's that level of subtle that the film can do but that's but um, I mean that's that's brilliant too like yeah absolutely so brilliant it, it, oh that's among the best narrative ideas yeah, yeah, and, and and it's so in keeping with, with the games, and that's that's why I always say, like, the first three quarters of this film is it is one of the best game uh, movie adaptations I've watched. Um, and I say that as someone who's very protective of Silent Hill and has to bite my lip a little bit at some of the stuff I see in there, you know, Pyramid Head being the big one. Um, but I can enjoy it for what it is up to the end of that nurse scene, and then I switch off because... All of the great subtlety and silent hillishness that they've been doing <sighs> is obliterated by just, five yeah. minutes of voiceover from a little girl. Yeah, yeah just the most, you know, tell don't show bit I, of storytelling you can do. I don't, I don't hate the movie the way that I like. I, I I'm not walking away from this as upset and angry that I've spent so much time on this film as I have some of the others that we've done. Yeah. Um, it is... It is not a good film. It is a film that has many, many things that I like about it. Mm-hmm. And would I would not turn it off if I, I came across it again. Yeah. Until the nurse's scene. Because mm-hmm. I agree with you. There's There's... Uh, there's no point in ruining the experience with what follows it. Yeah. I mean, the film's at its best when it, it, it isn't telling any story. I think that was the biggest problem with the film was was the, pl- the, the plot. Like, as a sequence of events, there's some fantastic stuff. Every yeah. monster scene, every other world sequence is fucking great. Well, and that's fucking that's, great. That's the other, but that's the problem with it too. Like, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know how. Like, there's oftentimes when I see these sort of plot development problems or story delivery problems, I can see a solution. And I've been racking my fucking brain to try and find some way to tell this story without having to rely on exposition on that level. And I think that it's just there's so much to it and going on that you, I don't, I don't know that you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a better, better way to do that. But please, if anybody has an idea on how they could have managed this better, um, I'm all ears because I'd really like to, to know what what you think of it. But yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I can't think of how you solve the problem because you can't just do a sequence of monstrous things happening because that wouldn't be... You, you'd just be uh, a, a very shallow shell of Silent Hill. Right. Because the narrative is a big part of Silent Hill. You'd feel very... It's not like Resident Evil where you can just have a, a load of gibberish and, and monsters and zombies. Like, people go to a Silent Hill film, they want to see some, you know, dark, twisty, mystery fucking story. Right. But I don't know who else can, you know, like, the, the only way to bring that stuff out is through dialogue between characters. And 
Now, maybe not the only way. I'm sh- maybe someone can think of a better way to do than that. But th- that that's that's how this is typically achieved. It's how they accomplish it. And uh, and in this case, it's it's a monologue. And that yeah. does not work. That I mean, I well. think maybe the best way they could have done it was to have not maybe not have the monologue or if you do i mean i guess you could still have it but in any way have that info dump cut into segments and interwoven throughout the film rather than built up to at the end i you know you like they started it when they have the scene in in midwich elementary when she touches the desk and you have that flashback of them throwing stuff at, at the girl calling her a witch it's like okay um and you know, Colin, and, you yeah, they could have shown us that. Colin. They, well, exactly. they, they could have done a better job. They could have shown us the Colin scene in the bathroom. Although maybe that's too soon. Uh, but they could have maybe. Shown but us... they could have at least hinted enough at it, like more than they did. Um, and they they don't. They don't. They they start. I they have one flashback before the info dump. One, almost as if they were gonna do that and then just abandoned the idea of of you know bird feeding the story. Sorry, breadcrumbing, I should say, the the, the story, and then instead just have that huge wad at the end. I think I think the problem is is that they don't want the payoff on uh, of um, Sharon is Alessa's daughter to happen that early. Yeah, I think I think they're still they're trying to sort of play with the audience's confusion over well, is Sharon Alessa? Is, you know, there's there's lots of ways that that could go, and it's it's you know to to the betterment of the film to keep the audience guessing about those details, I would, I would say. But at the same time, you know, you got to tell the story at some point. Yeah. And just doing that in that massive dump, just it throws off everything. Like almost all the goodwill that the, the film had, had developed up to that. Rose should have been piecing together the story throughout the film. Instead, it was, you know, Chris. excellent horror sequence, excellent horror sequence, excellent horror sequence, info dump. Well, and, and, and it's Chris who does most he of does, the learning. He yeah, does, way more of the, the actual... And, and, yeah. and, you know, I don't think that Chris and Rose necessarily needed to learn all the same things. You know? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that they... I think, I think there might have been a way... To give us parts of the information through Chris and parts of the information through Rose, and let the uh, and the audience could put together a a whole story out of that. Yeah, um, there's no Rose doesn't deserve a reward. Well, not only that, but like her reward is the truth about Silent Hills. No, no, she she didn't give a shit. She was there to get her fucking daughter back. Yeah, she doesn't need to know anything except where her daughter is. Yeah, that's yeah. the only bit of information she needs it. And she, she it's not exact it's not as though she has expressed a whole lot of curiosity about this place at any no. point in it. I mean, and she's she's had opportunities. <laughs> like, yep. you know, she could have been talking to we could have had more scenes with her and Sybil talking about local history. We could have had uh, a little more we could have had a little more Anna who I adore. Like mm-hmm. she, she's cute, and and uh, you know a, a, a I hesitate to use the expression ray of sunshine in that place, um, but but she's 
the most likable person there. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that would have been completely destroyed had we, you know, gotten to know her a little better. I could, you know, that could very well be. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I feel like there's a, there was a missed opportunity to convey some of that plot narrative through conversation with her in, in more effective ways. It didn't have to be explicit because she's clearly sort of uh, vacant a little bit. Like, she's not all there. Yeah. Um, there's, she, I swore I recognized the actress who played her when I was watching it. And then I, I went and looked it up and, nope never seen anything else she's been in she just looks like some other actress who i can't place and it's driving <laughs> me crazy but um yeah it's it is not a good film it is a film that has many redeeming qualities that outweigh a lot of the bad stuff in it but the mm-hmm. bad stuff is such a rotten core of the apple that it can't save it right i'm a little bit different i mean I, my I still stand by what I say when I say that the, the first three quarters I find immensely enjoyable. I, I, I find a very enjoyable horror film. Um, very I, authentic I Silent that. Hill experience. And then just that last quarter just just tanks it. No, just, I, they, I, they do not stick the landing. I, I think we're absolutely on the same page there. I mean, there, there are things I would have liked to have seen done a little differently throughout that first 90 minute stretch of it um that i think could have made it a really really solid uh i don't know 75 minutes um yeah it's but 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 those are are quibbles like those are 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 little minor complaints that i have that don't really reflect poorly on the film as a whole it's taken with that last 30 minutes that it uh it just doesn't work anymore so yeah, I'm no, I, I agree. It it's yeah. there is there is a, a there was the the start of a really good movie there, that that didn't follow through. Yeah. yeah, too long and runs out of steam by the end of it. Very much like the spin-off Doctors. Hey oh, um, yeah, I'm gonna wrap up. I'm I'm in fucking. Yep, I think we <laughs> I think we've said all that there needs to be said about yeah. this. Honestly, I'm incredibly looking forward to silent hill revelations um it's not going to be the next one we're going to save it um but that film is it's a fucking treasure it's a it's not good oh conrad you won't have fun but it's (laughs) it's such a treasure i went and saw that one in theaters and now i i haven't laughed so hard and i've seen comedies in theaters you see it in 3d I can't remember. I don't think I did. Mm. I don't think I did. Which hey, made it even when, funnier. You remember when 3D was a thing that was happening? Oh, yeah. I remember when it was the future of video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Okay, it's time to wrap up. Uh, I think it's time we reveal what the next film's going to be. What's the next film going to be, Jim? It's going to be Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. People been asking. I got I got someone asking me about it today. I think you got yeah. someone asking about it recently. Well, I had someone ask me um, about Advent Children, and I do intend to... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That's what yeah. they asked me about, too, and I made the same mistake then as I just did now. I confused the two movies because I think they're both shit on about an equal level. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I do want to do Advent Children at some point, but... Uh, I've never seen Spirits Within. Uh, I was a huge Final Fantasy fan when it 
the film came out, but I just never had any interest in ever seeing it. Ever. And I still don't. But now don't do good it a... while you're sleepy. That's the only advice I can yeah. give you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, now's as good an excuse as any. So the next the next episode of Spin Off Doctors will be about Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. Uh, this one has been Silent Hill. Uh, I'd like to thank Conrad, as always, for joining me oh, on this lovely you. journey. Uh, you can see Conrad's stuff. You can follow him on Twitter, at Conrad Zimmerman. And you have a YouTube channel, don't you? I do. I'm not really using it. I feel bad. People oh, like, naughty hey, boy. Should... Yeah, I know. I know. I, should... you know. I haven't even been playing video games, like, at all the last almost month. Uh, yeah, I know. I've been doing other Give things. everyone a playthrough with the Technomancer. You'll like that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, something uh, something tells me that's not it's, the case. It's it's the last quarter of Silent Hill of video games. <laughs> um Yeah, so yeah, Conrad Zimmerman on YouTube. Um, that's the name of that channel. You can check that out. And also, we do a podcast, uh, another podcast together, an uh, impro- improv comedy podcast, uh, Fist Shark Marketing, which you can check out at fistshark.com. And that's it. That's, that's us that's, done. That's it, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Thank you for your support. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, dear Jesus.